Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi folks. I would like to introduce myself. My name is Pyle. And I am a traveler who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my melting pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi listeners, welcome to another episode of Melting Pot, a series of conversations with very diverse and passionate people from across the globe. My guest today is Amelia Colliver, founder and director of Art Pharmacy Australia. Amelia is an art consultant and an art and culture activation expert. Thank you so much for joining me today, Amelia. I know we've gone back and forth a few times, but I'm happy that it's finally happening. I'm so looking forward to getting to know you and have you share your story with my listeners. Oh, lovely. Well, thanks for having me today. I really appreciate it. So, Amelia... When did you start the art pharmacy and what is the art pharmacy? So I started art pharmacy in 2012. We started in, with an activation pop-up show, pop-up art show in, in Sydney. We basically work with a lot of artists and we, we're the conduit between the corporate world and between the artists. So we're almost like an art agent we call ourselves an art consultancy, art and culture expert. So we're all about helping facilitate artists get into to larger master plan developments. We work a lot with councils, with private um, clients. So it's really diverse what we do. But my, our number one aim is to educate um, and support and be an advocate for, for artists in, our, um, in Australia, basically. Okay, I was going to ask if they were all Australian artists or you also, so you essentially are like a bridge between the corporates and like you mentioned, the councils and the artists and and you try, so you're like a consultant, so you understand, is it that you understand what the corporates are looking for and then you uh, based on that you from the portfolio of artists that you have you get you commission them to create specific art or it's their art which they've already created that you then try and connect with the corporate 
Well, that's that, that exactly right, um, and well described. Because I think a lot of people don't really understand what we what we do. Um, I'm actually writing a book this year, which is just about to come out in about a month's time. So I'll make sure that I get your address and send it to you. Thank um, you. Because it's the thing I studied art history and archaeology in London, and you know, studying art history, and then where I've come now, it's like it's not like you can go to university and study what I'm doing. I, I sort of accidentally fell into this in a way, you know, being in a gallery scenario and selling artworks. And when I ran an art fair, I realized I had more artists on my books, and I thought, let's let's try being a consultant. And that's basically how it started. So it depends on who the client is. So we work, for instance, we're working with Deloitte at the moment um, in Melbourne. We put their art collection together and we, we they gave us a brief. So usually when we're working with corporate clients, we look at their mission statements, who they are, what their personality is like, where, what they're trying to do with their brand. With Deloitte, it was a brand new building. So they wanted a new, I suppose, a new, it was like a, a new brand launch in a way for them, um, supporting the artists. So it was all Melbourne artists that we put into the show. Um, he was, because we're based in, in Sydney and Melbourne, he, he was like, no, I only want Melbourne artists because they want to be local, supporting the local economy in Melbourne. We, and then for instance, we're working with another big a corporate company for Len Lease and we did a, a, a big, public artwork but what they did they actually it used to be it was supposed to be a digital art wall however the trains the light rail in Sydney go straight past it and so the specs of the actual wall they gave it to us and said can you actually put a public artwork in here so it really depends some of the jobs that we get on our books are either someone us trying to sort of help them with a solution or they're doing like an activation for like Chinese New Year or Christmas. It, it really depends. I mean, our main, we've got a couple of um, pillars within our, or we, we did a, quite a big um, rebrand for our business last year because we basically had the online gallery and then we had the consulting side of it. Uh, and then what we realised was people were going our online gallery. So we've got the we've got strategy, which we help with master planning. We've got public realm, which is basically the public art activations, which is going into lobbies or, for instance, as I mentioned, Chinese New Year, Christmas, digital, and digital has all got to do with um, you know when you walk into a lobby or when you go to, on a train, you see the digital artworks. What we're really trying to push at the moment is to think about those digital screens, not just as advertisement, but what about having artwork actually on these digital screens and then we've got experiences so we, we did cultural walking tours in Sydney Melbourne and Tasmania however because of COVID we have put that on ice at the at the moment so they're our main yeah our main five key pillars uh, to our business so when you say cultural walking tours what I mean, what what exactly happens on those tours? Oh, we had, oh, look, I started, it was Culture Scouts five years ago. Oh, it's amazing. We used to, we, we walk all around different suburbs in Sydney. For instance, we did street art walking tours. So we meet, you know, we meet at a certain point. We have a tour guide, maybe myself, but in the end we end up having about 15 different tour guides. They'd meet with us and they'd actually walk through Sydney, but usually about two to three hours. We stop and have a coffee. We stop and have food. We go into art galleries. We go into artist studios. We see some retail shops. We meet the retailers. 
it was fabulous. And actually we had a lot of Singaporean journalists. So I've taken, I know that the appetite and the Singaporeans are very, they're very conscious. They love shopping, but they love curiosities. I I just, I really loved working with the journalists that that I met. We work a lot with the tourism board, so Tourism Australian Destination New South Wales, because rather than go, when you turn up to Australia, what was happening is everyone turns up and they go to the opera house, the bridge climb, but actually not, that's not a true reflection of you know, of Sydney, and I basically take you around the neighbourhoods where the locals live, where you go and have a coffee. And, yeah, look, it was it was great. We did about six different tours, but unfortunately at the moment we, we've put everything on hold just for another year or two. Yeah, you're right. Trying to, you go as a tourist and you just look at the surface of whatever is advertised about a city or a place. You don't really understand the nuances and you don't really understand the actual local culture for which you you know, I agree that you really do need to go into these tiny neighborhoods and actually be able to talk to the local people, spend time with them. That's the only way in which you can really understand the culture. So I think what you're doing and art definitely brings people together. So if you you know you're trying to do it through art, which is just so amazing. Before I sort of start talking to you about your book and what it's all about, how do you find the artists? I'm sure you've gotten to a, a stage now where the artists approach you rather than you approaching them. That's right. So in the early days we had the pop-up show and we had to ask people and I mean in 2012 even then there wasn't a, there wasn't, Instagram was just coming out. Um, it was quite hard. So it was basically word of mouth. Um, I also ran an art fair. I, it was a hundred, it was a booth with a hundred artists. So that really helped, you know, really helped, I suppose, build my database. So we've, we've got a database now. So we've had a job come through from Disney. They've got Frozen 2 coming to, to, to Australia. They're asking us to do a look at a mural for them. They specified a female mural artist. I was like, great. So we've got a database where we'll actually put in mural artist female and it'll come out and say, okay, this is who we have. Um, So we're in a really great position. We're working on the intercontinental at the moment. Uh, we've we've pitched some ideas. They were very specific about a watercolour artist. So then we're actually able to go back into our database. So we have got a big database now of, of artists. People do contact us. And the thing is, you've got to think about artists. They're so diverse. You've got video artists, you've got watercolours, you've got oil paint, you've got acrylics, you've got furniture designers, you've got digital artists uh, that's just online, you've got illustrators. So I think a lot of people do think a 2D art on a wall, that's what art is. And what I'm trying to do is actually push those barriers to say, no, actually art is so diverse. Uh, it's it's um, And especially with artists as well. And like lighting artists as well, for instance, you know, people that she they specialize in being a lighting artist, and they're also they're also just like a, a painting artist in the same sort of field. It's uh, it's very important. Yeah, they're creating the different light. I mean, it it is clearly very what it communicates. Lighting it sends out a lot of different because you look at different kinds of effects. It's not just simple lights. So I understand that, yeah, there's a whole creative uh, behind it and therefore you would call them lighting artists as well. So, so yeah, so I get that. So tell me and my listeners a little bit about your book that you said is being launched in a month's time, you said? 
Exactly. I'm actually in a month called Making Art Matter. It was, I actually wrote the, like quite a big book. It was, it was supposed to be quite small. Um, it was a manifesto originally, but it's called, it was basically, it was, it was a huge book. I sent it to my editor and she said, I feel like there's, there's two books in this. So I've, I've, I've started a smaller book, which is only, it's only about 20,000 words and it's called Making Art Matter. So it's really to try and get people to understand the difference between art, try and get an artist on early if you're starting on a big master plan development. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You know, have somebody um, within your organisation who actually loves art rather than, you know, giving it to the graduate because if you're selecting the person that's already got a passion for art to do the project, you'll have a better outcome. And I know that sounds really obvious, but it's we always, I, I sometimes feel like, you know, at the moment we're working on a on a big project and we've been given the graduate to, to work with directly. And I mean he's great, lovely, but I feel like the people, you know, you know, some people quite high up don't know anything about art and they're like, okay, not sure how to do this, and then they'll give it to somebody else. I mean, that's another book that I'm thinking about writing called The Creative Pioneer. So thinking how do you find these people within an organization that actually loves and support artists and how do you get them on board? How do you get those bean counters, the people that are making those key decisions within the organisation, how to work with those people that love the art? So there's lots of different ideas there and hopefully I made sense then. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Payo, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. But the second book is called The Art Implementer. So that's the how-to guide of working with artists on big developments. Um, we've got some funding from Create New South Wales here in Australia. Uh, so it's the toolkit of, you know how you get those idiot guides to blah, blah, blah. It, this yeah. is the breakdown of how to work with artists on projects. Interestingly enough, I was looking at, I, I was looking at Singapore as my next 
international space. So it was really interesting you reached out before COVID. I was actually speaking to a couple of people over there in a developmental world. And um, I know that there are some Singaporean property developers over here in Australia that I've sort of contacted. But obviously with COVID and everything, people are sort of putting everything on hold. But I think maybe in, in a couple of years when everything's got back to normal, I will look at Singapore as a, as a location because I feel as a you know as a country you you do really you've got some great public artwork. I've read a lot of um, papers on it, and I, I do read up about um, what Singapore is doing. So I'm, I'm quite excited as a country, especially so close to Australia too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and you're right. Uh, Singapore does do. There is a lot of. In fact, I recently talked to an artist, and you know, he is so excited about um, the project that he's working on currently in the digital space with art, and it seems, and specifically with mural art. So it seems like a really exciting project. So yes, there are, and and it's encouraged. So yeah, I think Singapore would be an interesting, I would say an interesting international destination to, to look at and to start working with. Mm. So that should be exciting. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been to Singapore many times. Great food, great people, great culture. Yes, it is. And an ever-evolving city, country. Every, you know, there's always something new happening, especially when it comes to food. It's just amazing. Over the years, it's just really, really evolved. And of course, a lot of people look towards Singapore for the development in terms of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Singapore is in a very great space at the moment. Coming back to you, I read somewhere that you sit on the advisory board of a number of different uh, panels. So could you tell us a little bit about that side of what you do? Yeah, I'm, so I sit on the City of Sydney Nighttime Economy panel with the City of Sydney. And uh, so that's that's basically giving arts and culture advice back up to the city. We're learning lots at the moment about uh, it's it's very, um, yeah, it's look, it's interesting because you learn about noise pollution. We're, we're learning about we're trying to change the narrative as well because of what's happened with the lockout laws here. Um, I'm not sure if you followed that at all, but um, there was a, a, a punch and, you know, someone, there was a bit of a scuffle, a violent scuffle, and someone actually pa- passed away. And from there, subsequently, King's Cross was shut down and because there was a lot of alcohol fueled violence um but then because of that a lot of other you know theaters and bars have you know were closed down so we're changing the narrative calling it you know it's not keep sydney open but the you know the i I always i always call it the ecology the creative ecology as well because it's not just about uh, you know alcohol events it's actually um events that you can you know the theaters the, the small bars where you meet friends so that's some um, a great advisory panel. We meet every quarter. A great diverse range of people from like Heapsgate that runs festivals to um, big a big hotel group, the hospitality group here uh, in Sydney. So we all come together and we literally talk about the way we can change um, our city and 
So they're doing like a big Oxford Street precinct that is going to be uh, redeveloped, um, and they wanted our say on it. So we give it, uh, you know, some, you know, our, our our views of what we feel like could change. And then I'm sitting on the Biennale of Sydney, which is a big arts and arts festival. So it's international. We had a great artistic director called Brooke Andrews, who's an Indigenous artist. Um, it actually just closed maybe about two months ago. It only happens it's biannual, so every two years, um, and it's on. It, it was in five different venues in Sydney, which is fabulous. Like, for instance, the MCA, Museum of Contemporary Art, the Art Gallery in New South Wales, and, and on Cockatoo Island, um, National Art School and Campbelltown Performing Arts. So that was wonderful because it was all Indigenous art from all around the world, so not just Australia, from like Sweden Indigenous artists to uh, the Cook Islands. It was very diverse. Um, that was you know, quite fabulous. And I'm also sitting on the Museum of Contemporary Art, so that's the the young benefactors basically. So I'm very much in, ingrained in, in Australian, in Sydney's um, artistic society. But what my real purpose is, I was in this, you know, in the art world, but actually I've sort of jumped out of it and I actually want to bring art to the masses so show how the art world can actually work with you know outside of what we already do because a lot of it's quite mysterious the art world everyone doesn't really know what it is there's a lot of galleries there's a lot of galleries speak I mean I'm really trying to break that down I call it the you know five 95 percent so 95 percent of the population are not sure about art but then five percent of the population sort of do we sit in this small little five percent but, you know, and, and it's quite mysterious, as I mentioned. So I'm really trying to break down those those barriers, you know, within within the art world. And hopefully that's what the book will be. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. There's only 24 hours in a day. How oh. it seems like you're doing a lot. How do you, I, I guess it's your passion that drives you. Yes. Yeah, it does. I mean, look, I, I feel like I'm doing, I love what I do. Uh, it's I'm really passionate about what I do um, I've been you know I, it's the ikigai is saying in Japan like if you find out what you love then everything else will come and I feel like I've been in this wonderful position that um, I, you know when I was in London I had a friend um, who said to me you should study art history and I was like what does that mean and I loved it and from there I just found my passion for art and that was over 20 years ago and I'm still learning all the time and now you know, being, I suppose, in the position I am running, you know, you know, small business in the arts and I'd be able to be, uh, you know, supporting myself, not just, you know, on grants or anything like that. We're a commercial business. Uh, you know, how I can help the next generation out there as well. I'm, I'm just, I just absolutely love it. So it doesn't really feel like work. I mean, sometimes it does, but generally it's, um, yeah, incredible. I get up every day and I, I you know, I think about who, who I'm surrounded by and I feel very grateful. Yeah, and you're also supporting artists who otherwise are not able to, I mean, they express themselves through their art, but they're not able to take it to the next level. So you're supporting them as well, which is which is great. You know, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to getting a copy of your book and good luck with, with the launch. Oh, I've really, yeah. really and truly enjoyed my conversation with you. And I'm so happy that we were finally able to make it happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what, what happened to your throat? Because you mentioned, I mean, our, our previous. Um, yes. Um, uh, yeah. It, it's funny because my grandmother passed about six weeks ago and it's probably from stress, but I went to a, a voice doctor and she actually put like a little camera down my throat, which sounds quite awful but I've actually got a nodule on my voice cords which I've got to go to speech therapy and if that doesn't work I need to get it taken off which 
sounds quite awful, but it's benign and everything's fine. It's just I just sound a bit croaky, so sorry about that. No, no, <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's well. Some days, some days, I you can't hear it, but then if I've yesterday I had a big install and I've had a big week this week, so then it, it it's it does get very um, yeah, it stresses out my my throat. Um, but I've taken myself off coffee and I've taken myself off alcohol, which is which has been very hard because in Sydney we all love our coffee. So, uh, but that's been really interesting. But thank you for asking, though. Uh, now you take care and I'm sort of, we'll be in touch and I'm looking forward to following your journey because I know it's going to continue to evolve. And then hopefully in the next couple of years, you will also have a presence in Singapore. So looking forward to that as well. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll keep you, I'll keep you up today. And, um, and don't forget to send me your address because I'd love to send your book. And maybe there's somebody out there who'd like to do a micro book launch out there that if there's anyone um, interested. I'm just, what, what I'm looking at is around the world, any friends that I have to actually ask them to sort of do a book launch in their local area. So maybe I can ask you for some contacts in the art world or something that might be quite fun as well. Yeah, sure. I'd I'd love to do that. So I I will send you my address. So thank you so much, Emilia. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time and um, and well done. What a great podcast. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, listeners. You too. Bye. So enjoyed my chat with Emilia. She is doing so much work within the arts and culture landscape in Australia. It's incredible how Art Pharmacy is such an amazing platform that bridges the gap between the artists and the corporates. I would love to join one of her art walks around Sydney when I'm there next. Stay tuned for a lot more heartwarming stories on Melting Pot with me, Pyle. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.